1: everybody welcome back to catfish cops i am tony godwin
0: and i am brandon poor thank you for joining us today Uh, we are back with another case study Uh, but before we begin i guess i will uh, mention to you again our plan to speak in the upcoming weeks with dr michael burke uh and we wanted to bring that up so that we can introduce you to him a uh, little introduction beforehand to let you know that Dr. Burke is a a an expert an expert in this field um is Without one of doubt. the foremost leading experts in this field of he basically studies sex offenders and the mindsets of sex offenders um and I don't want to speak for him, so I don't. I I could go into all of this stuff that he talks about because he's um, just a, an amazing speaker, and to hear him teach is amazing. But you're going to hear that, so I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but he is the one of the authors of the often cited study we bring up, the Butner study, um, basically that showed that there were a higher. Likelihood of hands on offenses, undetected hands on offenses in CSAM offenders um, than had ever been um, believed.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing study. I mean, those in this field probably already know who he is and what that study is, but uh, it's really phenomenal information. And uh, like I, for one, I'm super pumped. Like I, I probably have way more questions I want to ask him than we're going to ever have time for. (laughs) So,
0: well, and yeah, so that's our reason to bring this up too, is we want your questions as well. Yeah. Uh, We talked about that when we, when we talked about bringing Dr. Burke on um, and he has been very kind and generous to agree to do this. So we want to be respectful of his time and not keep him forever. Although we could probably do a seven or eight hour interview with him and just have a lot of questions going back and forth. But we do want to have some questions from, from our listeners that maybe you want answered. So send them into to catfishcops 5.0 at gmail.com yep. or please reach out to us on our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram or our Twitter. Um, and just let us know what your questions are.
1: Yeah. And there's no dumb questions, please. Like anything that you can think of, uh, that may be of interest to you. Um, if in the message that you send us, uh, with whatever question, if you're okay with us using your name or maybe what city you're from, uh, or maybe a first name in a city you're from, we're happy to give you a shout out, uh, and give you credit for that. Uh, you know, we're all about sharing. So on, yeah. uh, on another note, I want to mention our swag real quick because my gosh, man, this stuff has just launched and it's in, uh, unbelievable (laughs) the way it's going. So I just want to mention that we do have some swag. Um, you know, we have some shirts, uh, we have a whole nother round of shirts that are going to be coming out in different colors. Uh, so if you haven't seen any of that yet, we have shirts and hats for the moment. Um, and then we have some other special things that we're going to do just for our Patreon, uh, supporters, um, that we may open up eventually to everybody, but for now, we're just going to kind of keep it to those that are, uh you know, helping us out on the Patreon side, but the swag is there. You can hit it, go to our website and you can see, uh, you know, what's available. It's uh, www.catfishcops.com forward slash merchandise. Pretty simple to see, uh, or hit us up on social media. I'm quite certain that there's some pictures of it out there and uh, message us or whatever. That's what most people have been doing. And uh, we'll yeah, put you on the you list
0: know what patreon is especially since we're saying now that on patreon you may get things that you can't get elsewhere um but you do get first access to episodes early access to episodes um and then you get us ask me anything um access where you can send in a question directly to us and we will answer it and that is only through patreon um where you get direct access to it but for those who don't know anything about Patreon, Tony, can you give like a quick um, yeah. description of what that is?
1: Yeah, basically it's someone that commits to uh, one of our tiered levels. We have three tiers. Our lowest level is $3 a month. Our mid-level is um, $8 a month. And our top level is $15 a month. And while Brandon has mentioned before, like we're not in this to make money. Um, I doubt we're ever going to (laughs) see the money we've already invested into this, uh, going forward. But what it does help us with is to help push additional items of swag and things like that. And, and kind of help, um, eliminate some of those costs. And uh, so it's super helpful. We've come up with some, you know, kind of catchy names for it because we are catfish cops. Uh, So at our lowest level, you're a recruit catfisher. At our intermediate level, the $8 level, you're a detective catfisher. And if you're a $15 contributor, you are a chief catfisher. And so for those uh, things like the uh, AMAs, Ask Me Anythings, uh, which may come in a phone call to that person, may come in email or maybe a Skype or something like that. Um, that's something that we definitely will be following through with. Plus there's some additional cool items uh, that, you know, will be offered out to them as well. Plus there's some discounts and things like that. But um, it's a, it's a easy thing for us. And again, like we're never getting rich off this. That was never our goal to begin with. It's all about training and education. Um, yeah, we-
0: Miss Tony won't use it for his sleep apnea machine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sleep I don't have sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we did have a li- we did have someone comment on a YouTube video that oh, we were that's on. That's true. <laughs> ask if you had sleep apnea. Yeah, his <laughs> I, I
1: got I got medical advice from a what was it a Claire Sent, sentient?
0: A Claire sentient. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I asked Brandon what that was. I never didn't even know what that was.
0: <laughs> well, I was like, that's someone who's just diagnosed you with sleep <laughs> apnea from across the world.
1: Now out of fairness it it's not sleep apnea, it was my blood pressure medicine. <laughs> okay.
0: But we promise your Patreon assistance won't go towards his new sleep apnea machine.
1: <laughs> and Brandon's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, What are we talking
0: about
1: today, Tony? All right. So today is a kind of interesting one. Uh, This kind of throws me back to um, 2008. And I know it'll be a big shock to everybody, but I was in the (laughs) well slot machine payoff Yahoo Messenger chat rooms. Uh, The randomly generated name we've given this uh, fine gentleman is Charles Cunningham, Mr. Cunningham. And so we don't, we haven't done this in a little bit maybe in a minute but for this episode i would strongly advise maybe the kiddos are not in earshot of this one uh
0: i don't think we've had them in earshot right i hope that most are not but we have failed to give you that disclaimer in the past few episodes so i hope that you didn't have them with <laughs> you then let's just first
1: mention of week. pedo moms
0: still <laughs> told otherwise don't have the kids in the room um, when it's safe for them to listen, when we do catfish kid stuff, we'll tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, but I just wanted to say it because I do know, uh, you know, this dude was, uh, in particular, he was kind of aggressive and, uh, <laughs> you know, language was flowing. So this started off again, like I said, August, 2008, I was in Texas chat rooms one, so that they, they had already migrated over to. Uh, numbered rooms versus um, names like Brandon mentioned uh, you know, a week or two ago about uh, IRC, uh, which is how they used to be listed. And so pretty boring. And so I jumped into Texas uh, chat room number two and I got hit up by on an instant message by a user and I'll just give you a portion of his username, but it was big Tex, And so, you know, for Texas, that's pretty appropriate, right? And so right off the bat, this dude is like super aggressive, and he's kind of mean. Um, we get age established pretty quick. I was purporting to be a an almost fourteen year old girl, and um,
0: isn't that interesting that someone's kind of mean when they're trying to meet up and get sexual stuff out of someone?
1: Yeah, it was. It's definitely an approach we don't, you know, get often. Uh, there's there's definitely far more of the grooming. Um, aspect of things and, you know, the nice acting nice and all this, but this guy was really, uh, or was and really, that,
0: that, can I just bring up yeah. that, that is something that I will say I've seen people get mean here and there, like you can, I can always see in, in my chats with people, like they are absolutely interested in themselves. They are oh, self-centered yeah. Only self-serving
1: narcissist. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. But they do come across at first, like they try to be very nice. We do see little glimpses of kind of ugliness sometimes as far right. as the they'll, it'll come out, but it's weird to have it from the start. Like, like that's not, no wonder he's having to look for a 14 year old.
1: Yeah. Very yeah. The other flip on this was, uh this guy was purporting to be from a a city very close to my city um, which you know isn't from an investigative standpoint is not a terrible thing it's just um, you know there's when you know someone's coming from four hours away, it gives you some time and preparation so with this, this was the first guy that I had that was really really close to my jurisdiction. And so I tried to do some initial deconfliction through, you know, some of the databases and stuff, but I really didn't find anything of any, of any significant value. But, uh, within about six minutes of our communications, which are one-on-one, um, of course I get the invariable nude image. And there before me is a selfie of a guy in a mirror, which looks like, uh, you know, the, master bathroom of a of a house or something. And he is a massively big dude. Like he's got a ginormous gut. Uh, looks like he's in his mid to late forties, probably early fifties. Um, I could see in that photo, some like very distinctive, you know, artwork and things like that, uh, hanging on the wall, which is never hurtful to know that, but, um, I shared a picture with him and then he really began to hard press me for a phone call and, um, uh, got oh, really, absolutely.
0: what's that? We, we work a lot. One of the big things that is going on now to try and end CSAM And this is, I'm just mentioning this because you brought that up. One of the big things that people do now to try and in CSAM to identify unidentified kids is looking at those background items in a photograph. Yeah. So, we can try to identify some geolocation or some sort of something that would identify, help us to narrow down where that kid might be and and hopefully get them out of that circumstance. So don't discount the fact that we're always looking for the things in the background. And I'm not telling some secret. I know that's right. very I, that's pretty common sense, but we're always looking for you know things in the back.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we, you know, that's been going on for years. We've talked about it before, even at various conferences. The the CVIP program, you know, Child Victim Identification Program, and the importance of that. But that's really what it all revolves around: is what do you recognize, and how do we get real kids identified? So, um, Mr. Cunningham like I said, was really pressing me, like really pressing me hard for a call. And uh, he was actually being kind of a dick. Like I'm just being honest. And uh, I had no bones with making him...
0: Well, you had seen it, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey, he, he threw it out there, so you know, this is kind of where we went. He kind of started rapid firing, and messaged me. He was kind of getting pretty aggressive, um, talking if i had had sex with anybody before. And I told him I hadn't. And he was really confident, but he was arrogant, um, kind of demanding. And so I've pulled out, a, uh, as I normally do, a, a short bit of chat between he and I. And so the choice is yours, Brandon. Do you want to be Mr. Cunningham or do you want to be my profile?
0: Well, I think you could. I, You know what? I'll be your profile. Because oh, look at you! I don't want to be the mean guy here. Okay, well, here we go. So this is this. People, how uncomfortable I get having to read these chats. But.
1: <laughs> so I, I'll kick it off. This is uh, from Mr. Cunningham. Number now. Come on.
0: You send yours. Maybe I'll call you.
1: Nope, I'm calling you. You're not calling me.
0: Well, that isn't fair.
1: Yes, it is. Give me your number now, all caps.
0: No, you're tricking me.
1: No, I'm not. Dang, just for one minute.
0: No, I don't think I want to.
1: What's the big deal? Come on, geez, you're making a mountain out of a molehill.
0: Because you're kind of scaring me. Stop
1: being childish.
0: Dang, I'm only 14. What do you want from me?
1: I just want to hear your voice and I'll hang up. Deal? Yes or no? Maybe. Come on, if you let me call you, I'll turn my webcam on so you can see me.
0: I'll think about it. I love it. <laughs> yes or no? Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <Come on.
0: laughs> Oh
1: great. Yeah. Stop being childish. Well, excuse me, sir. <laughs> I'm only a teenager. What do you want from me? I am a child. Uh he got really frustrated, okay? Um and again, that's just a portion of the chat that uh I, I try to spare you because these chats get to be so exhaustive, but um he got pretty frustrated and, um, I told him, you know, Hey,
0: you know, out there, I, I'm i looking ahead and so I can see he hasn't spared you any chats. No. He's going to make <laughs> you read so many today.
1: There's a few more. Don't, don't spill the beans. <laughs> don't make a mountain out of a molehill.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. What do you want? From
1: he just dated himself, I think. Um, yeah. So basically as he presses me more and more, um, I basically end up telling him to F off and just forget about it. I gave him a number to call. And again, we've discussed that the, you know, it's just not as easy logistically. You know, I'm playing a profile of a girl. Uh, It's not so simple to just give a call. You know, there's some things that have to be worked out. But um, so I ended up having a few choice words with him. And I was pretty early in my chat career and I hadn't really learned to be a a total biatch at this point, but, um, I've perfected it over the years, but this I was going to
0: say you told him to F off, but that's pretty regular. Tony, <laughs> Tony plays a different kind of profile than I do. He'll, he'll cuss someone out in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. You know, and I just think it's realistic because trust me when I tell you parents that are out there listening, if, if we were to take a phone that your child is using and dumped it, you might yourself have a heart attack based on the language alone, <laughs> because it is often pretty horrific. But, uh, I started kind of trying to flip things on him and I told him, I, I said, I bet you're a cop and, um, blaming him for being a cop and a few bombs were left back and forth. And, um, you know what his response was? Ooh, I really like it when you're mad. I'm like, uh, gosh, why do you freak? You know, what a freak. Uh And so it's
0: it's already treated you really badly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So pretty much at this point, um, you know, the hook was swallowed a little bit. He was really aggressive. The photos were going back and forth. Um, you know, we've got this, some webcam action that has happened. Um, and he basically calls like in the first 90 minutes of our, of our encounter, you know, he calls and he's telling me how he wants to do things in real life. And he's again, he's being really aggressive. Um, and, uh, the webcam pops up and it goes live. And in this, uh, footage, I guess you could say, I see this pretty big executive style desk. I see this really big plush, you know, kind of office chair, giant credenza, a bunch of stuff inside, you know, knickknacks and stuff like that. But on the chair, Pulled over the back of the chair was a Minnesota Vikings jersey, number 84 for Randy Moss back then, um, that you could just see perfectly, you know. And so I'm like, man, that's great, you know, no no problem. Well, then comes Mr. Cunningham in his bigness into the uh, frame wearing a black shirt, but nothing else but his junk out there. And oh. uh, really starts to send me a whole bunch of, like, sexually charged messages. So, Brandon... Would you like to read the sexually charged messages?
0: Uh, <laughs> I absolutely would not. These ones right here—that the the yeah sexually. No, why would you do this to me? Okay, this is so wrong. I'll I'll read them, but I just want you to know. <laughs> I need this is what your Patreon support goes to <laughs> for therapy for me for reading this stuff. So he asks you, "Did you pee? Do you need to pee?" And he says, "Next."
1: Well, for the record, we weren't even, there was zero communications about using the restroom. None. <laughs> so I'm not sure where that came from. Maybe it, maybe he was in another chat with somebody else and thought you know, it was a bleed over or something. But that went threw me, the whole, do I need to pee?
0: Let me say these in a row. These are quotes. So These are
1: quotes. Yes, they are.
0: Quoting. I'm wet with sweet cum. How can we meet? Is your pussy getting wet? can't wait to taste you. My dick is hard. You can suck it, jack it off, write it, whatever. Have you ever masturbated? Yeah.
1: Now, again, he's hitting me with these these rapid questions like over and over and over. Um, And so we sort of go back and forth. Um,
0: And you know what? I'm going to put this out there again. If you're new or you're just joining us um, for the first time, Just know that we don't read these for shock value, although I'm sure people are having quite a good time listening to me um, uncomfortably read these. But we also read these to let you know this is how he's talking to a 14-year-old girl. And more so, like, when you go back up and and he's saying, like, number now, Uh, I mean, already I can tell you I think he's probably abusive with anyone he's in a relationship with. Oh, yeah. He would seem like the kind of guy that would be a domestic violence kind of guy. Um, but imagine that he really does meet a 14 year old in real life and he's acting like this, like what kind of person is he going to be? Right. He's, oh he yeah.
1: Just- yeah. He's definitely a danger. The, the uh, red flags are going off. And so the, as this goes back and forth and I end up giving him a phone number, he's, he's so demanding um, and so when I do give that, we're going to read this next little section of chat where he then says he doesn't think he wants to call. And so I'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and read this next part. Wait, your choice again, you want to be me or you want to be him?
0: I'll be you again. Okay. We, don't, we can't switch it now. Okay. Got, you got the Jack ass <laughs> style down. So
1: <laughs> on you.
0: All right. You said you want to hear my voice too.
1: Well, maybe, maybe I do. Maybe not. Question mark. I might call you.
0: Question mark. What kind of games are you playing?
1: I'm not playing any games uh, with you. Are you?
0: I knew you were playing games.
1: LOL. No, I'm not.
0: I don't want to call you now. I don't want you to call now. I'm sorry.
1: Seriously. I'm not.
0: Yeah. Right. Later.
1: I was joking. Hello. What? I was kidding.
0: Whatever. See you later. Man. What? LOL. You're a jerk. I bet you're a cop. Fuck off. No, I'm not. Whatever. Playing games with me.
1: You're being pretty mean yourself.
0: Just forget my number.
1: Why would I be a cop? Are you a cop?
0: You're going to tell my mom and give me in trouble, so piss off, donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Say Say it in the way you mean it, though. Piss off, donkey! There it is.
1: <laughs> this episode brought to you by Shh. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I said, st- I said I wasn't. Why would I want to get you in trouble? I'm just chatting.
0: You begged me to call, and now you're being a dick.
1: I'm not really. You don't have to be that way. I'm being a dick, not so like when it- I like when you get a little mad. LOL.
0: Whatever. Piss off.
1: Hey, don't be like that. Smile. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. And then he tells you to smile.
1: Ew, this guy's such a jackass. Yeah, so we kind of go on. There's, you know, f- keep in mind, and we've mentioned this many other times before, but this is not the only dude that I'm talking to. Back then in 08, like, my gosh, I'd be doing six, seven, eight different chats at the same time. Um, and so, you know, I'm in full swing with other people. Um, and at this point, I'm like, this guy's just going to you know, be a total jackass and I'm not even going to invest a lot of time. Um, So then he ends up messaging me and telling me that he called the number. And this goes back again to how we used to do things. And I don't think it really divulges anything because we don't do it this way anymore. We don't have to do it this way anymore, but my undercover phone didn't have enough minutes. (laughs)
0: they didn't pay them. Oh, the b- I remember that. Yeah. I remember being out of minutes. Yeah. And like did. I'll call you after 9 PM. Yeah. They
1: didn't pay the bill and didn't give me minutes. So I had to like scramble <laughs> to figure this out. And that That's happened ridiculous. to me once before. So, um, so I'd come up with a secondary number, uh, to provide to him. And so as soon as I gave him that second number, you know, Cunningham immediately calls. And so when the phone is answered, he hangs up um, and so I asked him in the chat, you know, room or we're now one-on-one by direct message. And I'm like, was that you calling? And he sends back, I'll call you in like two seconds. And I said, well, more like one second. Cause like it was literally just hang up and click buzz, you know? And so he then calls back and here's part of the problems of some of the logistics. While I had the ability to use a female voice, thankfully, um, I did not have the ability because I didn't think things were going to move so quickly to record this conversation. And so, you know, that's a, that can be a little bit of a problem. So all I really have are the replies that are being said by the officer that I used for the call. And so I'll just read those to you. Um, uh, He says something and she replies, I want to see you. And then she says, I'm interested. And he says something, I don't know what and she says. Because you were jacking around. And he replies, and she says, Well, let's just chat. And then something else is said. He, she says, Well, don't call me if I don't know you're calling. This is my home number. And then he mentions something about a webcam. And she replies, No, my mom took my camera because I got in trouble before. And he starts to inquire about this. At some point, again, I can't hear him. I'm just you know, able to hear a little bit through the call. And she says something bad. I did something bad. Um, it kind of goes on. And again, she reiterates like, hey, let's just chat. But she echoes again, please do not call me. My mom's going to freak out. And it sort of ends with her saying, okay, well, let's just chat. So once the chatting, once that phone call took place, like then everything changed. Like he didn't change from being kind of a jackass because he was kind of a jackass the whole time. But yeah. It was more of a, okay, now I've vetted you are an actual girl. And so the webcam came back. Um, of course, in his full glory is the junkified view, um, all of his body shots, and all the things that I can see, more footage of Mr. Cunningham in, in, uh some digital manipulation was going on in the uh, webcams. And so –
0: when When someone's this aggressive, like, am I – you've got to think the same thing I would, where you're just sure that he's done this a bunch of times before.
1: I mean, clearly something's going on where this guy has this much confidence. Um, especially with a kid profile, because I'm like, what on earth? Like, you know, this guy was really rapid fire, really quick, really arrogant, really cocky, real dick. And, um, what what he did next really threw me, basically, was like, he's like, hey, I'm about to leave and come over. I'll see you in 15 minutes. And, um, like, that was it. <laughs> so, wow. like, I, I literally had, like, a 15-minute window to go, uh, you know, throw together a group of people. It was not something I was anticipating. But uh, so I ended up getting a much smaller group than I would have normally had.
0: I assume you just gave him a place that you lived or –
1: Yes. I gave him a general location, um, not a specific location, a general location and expecting him to be like, Oh yeah, I know where that is. Or I don't know where that is. He had already told me that he was familiar with parts of my city, uh, because he lives so close. And, um, so, you know, it is what it is. So in this scenario, I actually happened to have a new, uh, boss. Uh, who really didn't know or kind of understand, you know, these operations and the way they work. And so he had come from a unit where, what should I say, overtime was highly scrutinized, right? And so here I am trying to get a bunch of people set up and, you know, in his mind, you know, we're milking the proverbial cash cow, which is definitely not, you know, any goal going into these whatsoever. This is just – they happen the way they happen. And you know, we, we play the hand we're dealt. And so um, while we're set up with a smaller group, I'm getting all these calls from the boss telling me, you know, what's going on. Have we heard from him. I happen to have the female with me in the event, you know, another phone call happens. And um, unfortunately for me, after about 35 or 40 minutes, uh, the boss calls everything off and he's like, no, he's not coming. Everybody go back. Go home. You know, get off the clock, basically. And I'm like, Yeah. Man, I'm like so pissed off. And I'm like, really? And I'm calling, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, listen, we need to wait, you know, da 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 da. da. Uh, no, we're done. We're out of here. Come back to the station. And so and
0: I've seen I think people that have listened to this for a while know, like this it is part of the game. You know, part of the nature of this is that people will wait or not show or, you know, be late on purpose and then show up just to see if like anything happens or, you know, all of these things are expected.
1: Yeah. And so this is, you know, this is what happens here. So everybody peels off. Um, I'm kind of obstinate. I stick around probably longer than I should, even though I was told to. Uh, go and make contact with the boss in his office. And we're about 15 minutes out. I didn't end up leaving. Uh, I was pretty close to being back to the station when my phone rang. And it was Mr. Cunningham. And so luckily I had the female with me and she answers. And his response is, hey, I'm at the gas station. Uh, Get over here. And I'm telling you, like, (laughs) I was just, dumbfounded. I never did a U-turn faster in my life. I'm driving like a, my pants are on fire trying to get back to the location. Um, when I get to that location, uh, now again, I'm in the, I'm in the dark. I have no idea what the guy's driving. I don't even really know who it is that I'm looking for at this point. So I'm at a severe disadvantage. Right. And so I get back to the location there are a couple cars at this particular, you know, fuel station. It's got a store inside. And so, you know, I pull in, I'm kind of trying to check my surroundings of things. I go inside. I don't, I obviously know what the guy looks like, right? Cause I saw him on webcam and I saw pictures of him uh, or at least who he was purporting to be. And I don't see anybody that looks like that dude. And so I make a small purchase. I buy some gum or something. And, um, you know, basically leave. And wow, I was like, (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Right. I just really couldn't believe it. And so, uh, when I got back to the station and I went to contact the boss and I told him, well, this is what happened and this is why I'm late. And, um, so he was very apologetic, um, you know, basically took ownership for causing us to miss this guy. And, you know, It is what it is, right? I was not happy at the time. I expressed my displeasure at the time. But nonetheless, there wasn't much I could do about it. And so from this point forward, I I basically am trying to identify him. And I do get him identified. And he has a very...
0: He was actually there?
1: To be honest with you, I don't know that until later. Uh, But yes. um, At the time, we don't see him. uh, And at the time of the of this case, the law was different. <laughs> and so um, I was pursuing him now for an arrest based on all of the circumstances that led up to that yeah. uh, missed encounter. And so as I got him positively identified, he had this very extensive criminal history for a range of things, drugs alcohol, burglary and weapons. And, oh, he was on parole for murder. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, what? yeah. It's on parole. Wait,
0: you're telling me this horribly aggressive, mean person would harm <laughs> someone else? <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Much to my surprise, I saw the CCH, and I'm like, "What the what?"
0: <laughs> so, but these guys are are low risk for harming yeah, someone. That's <laughs> what they say.
1: That's the words they say, and
0: <laughs> what we're told.
1: I ended up reaching out to his parole officer because he's still on paper uh, for. A pretty lengthy time. And, um, uh, I really wasn't prepared for this either because I was told like, he's the model parolee. Like he does everything he's told. He toes the line. He has a job. He does this, he does that. And almost like the, patro- or, uh, the I almost said patrol, the parole officer almost like didn't believe me that I had this active case going on. And while I didn't share every detail of everything, um, or did the parole officer know that I was the child in this scenario? Um, I made it very clear that this was what was going to happen. And so I, I didn't get, um, blocked, I guess, but I didn't get a ton of cooperation. Um, nonetheless, uh, they did allow, to, you know, Hey, we'll help you. We'll get a meeting set. And so that's basically what happened. Um, You know, long and short of it is he was arrested. I was able to seize his phone. I was able to take his vehicle um, and then ultimately execute a search warrant at his house. Uh, And we recovered a bunch of stuff there. And so (laughs) I'm coming to a close here, but the greatest part of this case for me came later. And that was um, in what came in a jail call. And so I have... I have gone through and listened to the, I, at first I was just going to play the call and I thought, man, that'd be great. You know? And I was talking to my wife about it and she was like, what if somebody knows them? Like, you know, recognizes something like, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't play the call. So <laughs> better yet. What?
0: Yeah. Now that sounds a lot like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony and I have this back and forth all the time about can we say this or can we tell this and you know sometimes we really want to tell you every detail especially the fun parts but we're also trying to be respectful and and cautious and not harm other people outside of the the predator you know in their family or whatever so
1: right so i'm going to have to flip this one on you Brandon i'm going to have to be the suspect this time and you're going to have to be the wife because this is a excerpt of the phone call now it's not every single word but this is, this is the parts that I think are, are most entertaining. And so,
0: okay, so I can, I just in looking it over real quick and, and I'll just tell our listeners, I have not read this. I don't know what it's going to say, but just in looking at the first three lines, the wife <laughs> says, I can play it. I can play
1: it. So you you want to be the wife or you want to be the husband? No,
0: I can be the wife. I, I can hear okay. And see her face while she's <laughs> saying,
1: okay, so this starts out, the call starts and you hear like an operator, um, saying this is a collect call from a penal institution. Are you willing to accept this call? And yes. the wife says, yes, uh, suspect. Hello. There's a very long period of silence. Then a second from the suspect. Hello.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Oh, I'm here. Where the fuck are you?
1: Honey, I have no idea what happened.
0: Oh, you have no idea. Our house was just ransacked by cops. You have no idea. You have no idea from me, you asshole. What the fuck did you do?
1: (laughs) Please don't argue with me at this minute. I'm already freaking out with what's taking place. I don't even know what to say.
0: Well, what did you do? You know what you did.
1: They said I did online solicitation, but I don't have any more information than that.
0: Well, apparently you were online with somebody.
1: Apparently I was.
0: Apparently you were. What the hell? Please stop. Not now. I knew something was wrong. I've been calling your damn phone for hours. The cops searched the house? Yeah, then left with all kinds of shit. Computers, cameras, phones, pot, everything. Everything. They had like 10 cop cars surrounding the house. They've been here for hours.
1: 10 fucking cops were there. Great. Wait, what pot? Oh, great. You want me to just tell them it was mine or what?
0: What did you do? I don't care about that. I think the pot is the least of your problems. I've been calling the lawyer all day.
1: What did the lawyer say?
0: You'll be lucky to get out. You have no bond.
1: I'm sorry. I have no idea.
0: I'm telling you right now, I am not happy.
1: I know you're not, dear. You don't have to tell me. I don't need you to argue with me or bitch at me. I know you're not happy.
0: Oh yeah, you do. You deserve a big, big fat kick in the ass and your fucking penis cut off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you'll be damn lucky if I even come to get you. Don't piss me off. I done told you this shit before. I know. I know. I, lo- I don't. I done told you how I am. Don't you dare think you're going to get a little slap on the hand and I'm going to forget of this shit. This is pretty damn fucking serious.
1: Well, obviously it's serious. (laughs) I already know that much. I'm in jail.
0: You were on the internet, weren't you? You see this shit on TV all the time, you dumbass. I bet you've been talking to a fucking cop on the internet. You got a wife. What the fuck is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. Thanks. (laughs) No, that's not the way he said it. Oh, okay, dear. Thanks. I don't really need this right now.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't need this either. They don't. They don't play dummy. They don't play. All
1: right, I'll call you later.
0: Bye. <laughs> I've heard that conversation a few times.
1: Man, that thing was golden. I wanted to play it so bad, <laughs> and it's really like a 17 minute call, and so there's all kinds of stuff going. But she just shreds this dude as she
0: should. <laughs> so. There's And with his criminal history, like she's not lying. He should be, I mean, if you're on parole for homicide, you are arrested and charged and convicted and all of these other things. Like this should be basically the nail right in the coffin. This is like the last straw, I would think.
1: Yeah, you would definitely think that um, somebody somewhere would say, you're going away for a really long time. If if you hadn't been away already for a long time on a murder. And yeah. that's a whole story in itself, which um, I'm not going to go into detail about. But he he was not in for a very long time on that case, on that homicide. And actually, it was a, a capital murder case, believe it oh. or not. And uh, he got out on a technicality um, and was paroled. So now here's the real kick in the nether regions um what what was the ending on this right what did he get he got a ginormous huh
0: it's got to be something with that criminal history right
1: yeah oh yeah it was something it was uh eight years probation
0: oh yeah this is yes <laughs> the yeah this is what gets people writing into us like <laughs> are you kidding me this is what gets us emails and yeah. i get it like yeah yeah I didn't know the outcome, everyone. I will tell you that is equally as shocking to me that, you know, you can apparently do all of this stuff. And especially once you've read how he treated oh, you the kid.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was, it, it was a, it was a big swift kick in the basement boobies. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was in fact like a, uh, that was a hard pill to swallow. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I have known Tony for six years, five years, whatever. And I have never heard that statement come from his mouth before. So I, want you, I want you all to know this is a first today. Yeah. So, this one sparked
1: thing. a few emotions, you know, like, uh, it's very disheartening, you know? Uh, and I, again, I know some mistakes were made. I, I own it completely, you know, like it, while ill prepared I was for someone to move that rapidly, um, you know, what it did was made me up my game for those in the future where I was not doing that again. So,
0: but that shouldn't, I mean, ultimately he solicited a minor and he showed up for that meeting. Yeah. He was going to be a hands-on offender had you been a real child right? Uh, and an aggressive jerk at that. So, Right. To say, you know, like whatever mistakes were made do not, you know, do not affect the outcome. And so you can tell we get frustrated with those kind of outcomes because that shouldn't be, especially if someone, you know, if you as our listeners were reading those chats all the way through and hearing how this offender was talking to a 14 year old kid, you would not expect that, you know, he's going to get yet another slap on the wrist. Right.
1: At the very minimum, you know, just so, you know, our listening audience who's not in the law enforcement arena should know and understand someone who's on parole, if they catch a new case or they're told they're going to catch a new case, uh, and I'm talking about the parole officer, if they're made aware that a new case is coming, they have the ability themselves to issue a blue warrant, what's called a blue warrant, and pull them in and lock them up just for catching another case. Because while you're on parole, you have all kinds of restrictions and guidelines that you can do this, can't do this, can't do this, can't do that. And so that, as a minimum, should have been a blue warrant, which probably would have got him violated on his original charges and sent back to the pen for some extended period of time. Just for catching a new case, then whatever the new case was going to be, however, that was resolved would be then tacked on to what, what he was already being held for on the blue warrant. And so that's where I had some real serious frustrations was with, was with that office because I was preaching for that the whole time and that never happened. And so,
0: so anything else that you learned besides being ready for a quick meet?
1: Um, yeah. So waiting it out, you know, making sure, uh, I can tell you, you know, genuinely, um, I was not pleased with the the boss at the time for doing what he did. And, you know, it just is what it is. He was new and he, you know, he came from an area where things were scrutinized very heavily to a unit where, things like that are not really scrutinized because we don't abuse the system. I'm not looking to just get everybody paid. You know, I'm just, it takes a village to get these things done. And unfortunately, you know, uh, sometimes that happens after hours. And so it's worth it in the long run, but also it highlighted the things that we see in the camera views that were shown and the importance of that, even though that kind of stuff gets preached and preached when we go to different conferences and training about pay attention to these things, pay attention to that thing on the wall or whatever that may ultimately identify a real kid. And so, you know, at the end of the day, this did not end the way I wanted. There is a, I didn't add it into this. And uh, this is kind of uh, just as a side note, there was an incident that happened. um, I don't know, maybe a year later and I was with my family and I was at church and this guy and his wife, were at the same church and sat right behind me, like literally right behind me and uh I didn't notice I didn't know that until you know there's a point in our service where you know, hey, stand up, greet your neighbors, blah blah blah, say hi and so I was greeting the neighbor, <laughs> and I turned around, <laughs> and I'm looking right at him, and uh he's a big dude, like he's a big dude, and so he uh, acted as though he didn't know who I was. Um, the look on his wife's face told me that she knew who I was. Um, it was very <laughs> awkward. And so at that moment, I turned around and I whispered to my wife. And I'm like, uh, I need to get my gun out of your purse <laughs> as discreetly as possible, please. And uh, she's like, what? And I'm like, as soon as I get it, you and the kids need to leave. And she's like, what? <laughs> I'm
0: just guessing you didn't invite him to your prayer meeting.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, I'm all about uh, having somebody come to Jesus, but uh, I was not too enthused about that guy sitting behind me. So she's like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm not going to do anything. I said, I'm going to sit right here. But I was texting a bunch of other guys that are law enforcement that attend the same church and telling them, you need to get into the seats two rows behind me. (laughs) (laughs) and if anything is about to happen you need to intervene before (laughs) before it gets to me
0: (laughs) before anything happens
1: yeah and so that's a true story and so at the end of the service uh you know he and his wife got up and left uh they were you know followed covertly out to their car and they were observed leaving the facility and so you know not that there's anything wrong offenders go to go to church as well. And that's probably a place he needed to be, but it was wickedly uncomfortable for him to be sitting in the seat behind me.
0: Well, and we don't know. Sometimes people harbor yeah. <laughs> ill will towards us. And so we just want to make sure we're safe in our non enforcement capacity. And so
1: everybody afterwards was like, I can't believe you stayed sitting in front of him. And I'm like, I'm not going to let him win. Like he knew I was there. I'm not going to well, cower away,
0: but and that's a good one too. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good case to show kind of the mindset that some of these guys have. Although I have not come across someone who's so mean and aggressive from the start. Um, I do think that that is sometimes underlying and, you know, just under the surface with a lot of our offenders. So, yeah, no
1: doubt. Well, I think that's going to wrap this one up. We, uh, very much appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening and, um, Again, don't forget to email us or hit us up on social media with any questions you have for Dr. Burke. If you have questions about our swag, um, hit us up on the website or hit us up on our social media. We'll be happy to hook you up. Uh, If you're interested in Patreon, you can find a link to that as well. Um,
0: What else? I think that's it. Uh, uh, Otherwise, we will uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Join us again on Catfish Cops.
1: Thanks, everybody.